The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! doing the Papa Buzz today. No, I don't want you to pop now. That would be the Papa Buzz. Should we get the show on the road and just let Mel play for the whole show? We should probably do some show. Yeah. I feel like if we let Mel go for the next 40 minutes, people might. I don't know. I think they probably might even like that. I was looking at David Consoli's um, ratings. Hey now, we said you weren't going to do I that. I know, I know. Frightening me. I'm already out of breath. <laughs> so I was looking at Dean Itkinsoli's um, uh, ratings while I was gone. He did pretty good for his ratings. Yeah, I did all right. And his highest rated show was Jane is Annie Pesci on YouTube. Yeah. Those numbers were unbelievable. I haven't seen YouTube numbers like that for a while. And on Facebook, his highest rated show was the one with Nick DiZoglio. One more bop up you think, maybe? <laughs> if you think you got it in you. I'm going to try. All three bop up How about that? And he's still sitting. That's proof that I'm getting better, for sure. <laughs> still not at 100%, but I'm getting there. There you go. All right. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top two guys. Smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, we've got a little bit of a hodgepodge show for you today. Uh, I, you know, I, maybe I should have come back like an extra, maybe I should have taken an extra week off. Um, but I've just been, I've been so busy trying to, trying to catch up on things that I couldn't do while I was down, while I was in the hospital and, and things were not going so good. Um, and I think I've kind of overdid it a little bit. Yesterday I had breakfast with one of my friends at the North End of an airport and then I had a lunch at three o'clock at Salvatore's. And then I went to TMF last night, and by the time I got home last night, I was like, oh my God, what the hell did I just do to my body? Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely paying for it today. Uh, I do want to thank Dave Id Consoli, um, who, and by, by the way, he, I, he and other people keep asking me, why do I say it that way? Why do you say Dave, why do you do the pause, Dave Id Consoli? Because. And it's the same reason I say podcast, because when I have a hard time remembering something, if I say it in a funny way or I drag it out or I say it like a little differently, yeah. it's easy to remember. And 
when I, when I don't say Dave Id with the pause, even when I'm like hanging out with him, having a coffee or whatever, I've called him Dave like three times in a row. And then he corrects me and says, Dave Id. So I say, okay, that, this, that's why I do the pause. And I do podcasts because I did radio for 35 years. And my first three shows here at the podcast, I kept saying, welcome to the Paying Attention Radio Program. Yeah. That's what I said instinctively for 35 years. So to just say it a little differently, just to say it like in maybe in a funny way or whatever, that's kind of like why I do that. Because he um, doesn't like being called Dave. His name is Dave. Yeah, he doesn't like being called Dave. And then his mom is like, well, does he not like you? Why does he say it that way? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, So I can't win no matter what I freaking do. I can't win. A um, couple of announcements. Well, I want to thank... Uh, uh, I wanted to thank Dave Idconsoli uh, for filling in for me, doing a great job coordinating with you. I want to thank you, Chrissy, as well. Oh, of course. Um, I, I was watching the podcast we did together last week, and I noticed there was a couple of questions that he asked me that I didn't answer. I kind of like I started to answer, and then I kind of went off on a tangent because my brain is just still kind of yeah. it's still kind of Swiss cheese up there a little bit, and I kind of lost where I was. Um, so at some point I will, if anybody wants to email me or something, I'll answer those questions. I know he asked me about producing a, um, I produced the August edition of the Valley Patriot while I was in rehab and I started to answer the question and then I veered off onto a whole bunch of other <laughs> things about potato chips and everything else. Um, and that was, that was pretty amazing. I know that like a lot of people were stunned by that. I think I was kind of stunned by it too, because it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm in Hannah Dustin rehab in Haverhill and I've got, um, uh, I've got, uh, what do they call it when you get more than one person from more than one line on the phone? Like a conference call? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you got like a conference call with, I've got a team of people in my office. It's four in the morning, and I've got a team of people in my office in North Andover. I have a team of people in Salisbury doing editing, and I've got another team of people in Methuen doing some writing and um, and like doing course, a quick research to make sure the stuff we have in the articles are actually accurate. And I'm in Hannah Dustin, and the nurses are coming in every 10 minutes. Tommy, you want another cup of coffee? Is there anything we can get for you? Like, they were so helpful. And they were like, he's, he's sitting there. He's like, he's putting a paper together. And they're like, they're all congregating outside my, outside my, uh, my hospital bed door, my hospital room door. And they're like, you know, uh, I'm going to go check on so-and-so. But come, make sure you come back and check on him in 10 minutes because he likes to get up without asking. <laughs> and so, so it, was, it was really like a, quite the endeavor. Um, so I apologize, Dave, for not answering that question when you asked. I just want to thank TMF. I went to TMF last night. I kind of overdid it a little bit. I'm feeling it today. Uh, but it was so glad to be there. And being at TMF last night and being here right now, I can count as two of the things I never thought I'd do again. And so I kind of feel like every time I do something for the first time since I got out, I kind of feel like, yeah, like when things were really rough, these are the th- some of the things that I thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to get to do that again. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so very grateful to be here. want to also announce we've got a debate coming up. There's uh, elections going on. You'd never know it. But there's elections going on in Methuen and Lawrence. There's also elections going on in Haverhill. I'm going to talk about uh, all three of those uh, very shortly. But first, I want to announce that on Thursday, November 2nd, make sure I do this right, um, which is Thursday, right? Do we have that right? Thursday, November yep. 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, here on the Paying Attention podcast, we're going to do a debate with the at-large city council candidates in Methuen. I've got um, confirmation from three of the four candidates, and we don't have a confirmation on the fourth just yet, but I kind of get a feeling when he finds out that the other three are coming, I'm pretty sure he'll be here. So, um, By the way, in my debates, my debates are real debates. My debates, no rules. None of this bullshit, one minute. What do you think about world peace? You have one minute. Like, that's not a debate. That's, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a forum. It's other things, but it's not a debate. Um, my debates are real debates. I'm going to throw out a topic to all four of these candidates, 
and I'm going to let them discuss among themselves what they think about it. So I might, I might throw out something. I'll just make up a topic like, um, you know, there's still $4 million missing out of the school department, and at least two of you are incumbents who, when you first ran, said you were going to get to the bottom of that. Um, what's the progress on that? And if you're, if, you're in a, if you're not an incumbent, you know, what do you think about the $4 million that's still missing out of the Lawrence School Department? So I may not ask that specific question, but I'm going to ask something like that. But then I'm going to throw it to them. I'm not going to interject. Unless somebody says something that's like monumentally provably false, I'm not going to jump in because it's between them. I'm not the issue. They're the issue. And I want you to hear from the candidates what they think about things. They're the ones that have to get elected. They need your vote. Um, I am looking for one business. I'll take two, but I really want one business for $400 to sponsor the debate. And that's going to be above and beyond our regular sponsors. So our regular sponsors are automatically in. But because we're going to go more than an hour, I need to purchase another hour here at the studio, which is costing me money, and I don't want a debate to cost me money. So um, if you are a candidate, if you are a business in the Merrimack Valley, and you'd like to sponsor our debate, we will plaster your name all over Facebook. We will plaster your name throughout the whole show uh, with all of our other uh, candidates and with all of our other businesses sponsors. I'll get the word right eventually. Right. It's, we'll I get, think they get the juice. We'll get there. Um, but I did want to let you know, November 2nd at 2 o'clock here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Um, Methuen Day is Saturday, and I understand that you are playing at Methuen Day, but it's going to be really early, right? Well, really early for you. Right. Really early <laughs> yes, the Bellas are performing uh, on stage at 11.50 to 12.35. We have a 45-minute spot, so yeah, nice. come on down and check us out. We're going to entertain you all with some beautiful music. If I have music. my car, I'll be there. I'm going to drop my car off at Bobby Sheehan's. Uh, he's the only Sheehan's Towing is the only place that's allowed to touch my car. Yeah. And there's only one. And I've always I've, I learned a long time ago if you find one mechanic and you just go to that one mechanic. You never have problems like if you go to different kinds of mechanics. Because you go to a different mechanic, they would say, well, you know, the last guy that worked on this car did X, Y, Z, and he screwed it up, and now right. it's going to cost you more to fix it. Mm-hmm. But if you always go to one guy and one person that you trust and their crew, you never have that problem. You never have anybody say uh, – like at one point, I think I went to Bobby, and, um, and he did my brakes. And about six months later, I was having a problem with the brakes, and I brought it in, and he said, you're going to need new brakes. And I go, but you just did the brakes. And he looked it up and he goes, no, you know what? You're right. Let's, let's, let's just fix this and it's no problem, no cost, which is why I love going to Bobby Sheehan. So I'm going to be dropping my car off. But if I get it back by Saturday morning, I will do that. Awesome. Uh, what else do we have? On October 19th, so I'm just going to jump around a little bit before we get to any topics. And I, I'm, I'm glad you pulled that up. That's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, on October 19th, the Psychological Center in Lawrence, which is the umbrella organization for the Daybreak Homeless Shelter, Pegasus House and Women's View is having their annual gala. Now, the tickets are $100 a ticket. So I know it's expensive. People are giving me a hard time about the, about the, uh, the cost. Um, but um, she is honoring six or seven. I don't have them directly in front of me. Um, people in the community, and I'm honored to be one of them. And um, we'd like to have as many people come as possible. I've got seven sitting at my table right now. We're looking for three more if you... Know me and you want to come. The tickets are 100 bucks, um, But also, you should think about going to this anyway because the money goes to a good place. You know, it goes to help women in need. It goes to uh, you know, people who are homeless, people that are looking for, um, you know, life skill training. You know, at daybreak, they don't just how they don't. It's not just a place for the homeless to go sleep. At daybreak, you know, they, they do other things like life skills and they teach them how to um, put money in the bank and how to balance a bank book and how to be financially responsible and they help them get jobs. They help them get apartments if they can. And I guess they just got a, um, 
a grant to do community outreach, which is great because that's a big help for TMF. Um, Because that's what TMF does. We do it for free, but she's going to have now a staff out there doing it, which, you know, there's so many homeless people on the streets now because we're getting overflows now from Boston. And there's people coming up from Cambridge and Boston in the Boston area. So you can never have too many people out there doing outreach for the homeless and trying to get them off the streets, trying to get them clean, trying to get them into housing. Um, I know that the old motto was, let's, let's give them psychological counseling and try and get them clean before we find them a place to live, and then we house them. And I think we've learned over the last 15 years that model doesn't work. The real model needs to be you need to get them a place, to, a roof over their head first, a stable place to live, some place where they don't have to pay electricity and heat and everything else as separate bills, something where it's, everything's lumped into one. So they have one obligation to pay their rent, and it's one amount. And then from there, you get them the treatment that they need. So they have a stable place to go back to. Because one of the problems with the homeless and the addiction problem is people go into rehab, they get clean, but then they go back to the environment they were in when they were addicted. And as somebody who just recently quit smoking through, you know, <laughs> through no effort on my own, um, but I, I noticed that like when I have my, my worst cravings are when I – jump in my car for the first time for the day. Like if I jump in my car, because what was the next thing that I did after I jumped in my car when I smoked? I'd light up a cigarette. As soon as I sit behind my desk with my coffee first thing in the morning, the first thing I would do is grab a cigarette. So a lot of addiction has to do with environment. And there's been tons of studies on this. And if you take someone's, and my sister Kiana will tell you for sure, she went to rehab six times and kept coming back to Lawrence and kept, and kept re, 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 uh, going back to using. And it wasn't until she removed herself from the environment of Lawrence that she was able to get clean and stay clean. And um, so anyways, that's, uh, that's uh, Karina's event is October 19th. I think it's two weeks from, ye- from today, actually, I think, right? Let me just pull that up and make sure people know what that is. Yeah, so it's two, two weeks from tonight. So if you'd like to come and sit at our table, it's $100. If you'd like to go anyway, please think about going, think about supporting um, uh, Karina and the Psychological Center and the David Kobler Shelter and Pegasus House and Women's View and they do a lot of great work um, and we appreciate what they do. What else can we get to here? Uh, the Tomaselli Sisters. Now, you guys might know these, these ladies. Tomaselli Sisters from Salisbury. They're the ones that blew the lid off of the missing $9 million at Salisbury was charging the sewer rate payers. Uh, the $80 million lie was a story that I wrote about maybe, I don't even know how many years ago. They know they, they, they call me on the anniversary every year and they're like, it's our anniversary. Um, I think it was maybe eight years ago, but maybe 10, I don't know. They testified before the house and, and I'm sorry, before the Senate yesterday, let me take a breath here and catch my thoughts. They testified before the Massachusetts Senate yesterday on a bill that they wrote Great bill. I actually read it, and if I felt better, I would have gone and testified. Uh, lawyers in Massachusetts, most people don't may not know this, but lawyers in Massachusetts are allowed to lie in court with immunity. So if you're a witness and you lie in court, it's called perjury. You can go to jail for that. But if you're the lawyer in court, you can lie all you want, and they've got immunity. And why is this? The reason for this is most of our legislators who make the laws are all lawyers, and they're the ones making the laws. So um, the Tomaselli sisters went into court over their sewer betterment some, I don't know, 20 years ago, and the lawyer lied during the first hearing about the date of construction of a sewer project 
because it was never challenged at that first hearing, that fact then carried through to every single appeal and every single trial that had to do with that issue moving forward. And it was established as, in the eyes of the court, an established fact. So they couldn't later on, and several times later on, they went into court and said, but that, that date is a lie. It was actually before that. It wasn't that date. And the judge kept overruling them because it was never challenged in the first place, the first lie. And, sh- and so they went crazy. Like, so lawyers could just lie in court? And they researched it and found out, yeah, in Massachusetts, lawyers have immunity from lying in court. So they wrote a bill to make it illegal. I can't even believe you have to do this. But they made a bill making it illegal. They wrote a bill to make it illegal for lawyers to lie in court. Now, who could possibly be against that, right? The legislature's against that. That's who's against it. The state reps and the state senators want no part of this bill. And I think it's getting a little traction from Jamie Eldridge, who, believe it or not, he's like, he's a, he's a communist. Like, he's an outright communist. He's from Acton. And he's actually been on this show when I was doing radio. He came on the show a number of times. And um, we get along really well because he helped me sponsor my public records bill when I wrote the state's public records law, when I rewrote the state's public records law to put teeth into the law. He helped co-sponsor that. He actually added some amendments to it that made it even stronger than I wanted it to be. So even though he's a communist and I'm a right-wing lunatic, we actually get along really well. So when I saw that he was giving this bill a little traction and that he seemed like he was supporting this bill, it's Senate Bill 1131. Um, so please call your state senator. Call Bruce Tarr if you live in the North Andover area. Call Barry Feingold if you live in Lawrence, uh, North Andover, Andover. I think he also has Tewksbury and Drakeit. Uh, if you're in Lowell, I'm not sure who your state senator is. It might be Tommy Golden, but I'm probably wrong about that. He might be a state rep. But whoever your state senator is in Lowell, please give your senator a call and tell them, listen, this is a no-brainer. Lawyers shouldn't be able to lie in court. I mean, if, if the witnesses can't lie and the witnesses can go to jail for lying in court, why are lawyers allowed to lie in court? That just makes total sense. All right, what else do we have here? Wow, are you still got 20 minutes left? Thanks for coming, kids. Good night. Oh, we didn't even talk about the, our sponsors, so let's do that. Uh, let's talk about our sponsors. The... Uh, Paying Attention uh, podcast is, um, well, you can really tell I'm struggling today, right? It's all right. It's all right. The McLennan Real Estate Century 21, I love that show that he and Sam did with uh, Dave Idconsoli. Very, very informative. If you're thinking about buying property, you're thinking of selling property oh, yeah. in the Merrimack Valley, they went through the details of each community, which was great. The Zanny Pesci Law Office, and I'm going to keep calling it Pesci, even though technically it's supposed to be Pesh. Okay. Pesh is just too, too hard to say. So just blame it on me. It's the Zany Pesci law. It's like Joe Pesci, right? And he spells his name the same way. So why are they calling it Pesci? And he's calling it Pesci. I don't know. Maybe he was doing it wrong. Maybe, but I'm going to go with him because he's famous. Although Gina Zany Pesci is the most beautiful woman alive. So uh, how do you weigh that yeah, one out? I don't know. Marsan and Sun Construction. Ronnie Marsan has been so good to me. I love that guy. Um, if you have any construction needs before the snow falls, maybe you should give him a call now. You want to have your roof replaced. You need an extra addition put on your home. Uh, you want to turn that basement area into like maybe a little TV room, you know, maybe you want to make a little sports room for you to watch football. Give Ronnie Marsan a call. EIS, investigation and gun training. I don't give two shits what anyone thinks about Joe Solomon. I really don't. But when I was in a coma for 11 days or nine days, oh, there's the dispute on over how many days. I'll just go with nine. He was by my side every day. And not only was he by my side every day, but he was making phone calls to help out with my with the, the newspaper. He was helping Nancy in anything that she needed, and she needed a lot because she did a lot for me while I was she down. Did. 
Um, so uh, we want to thank EIS Investigation and Gun Training for continuing to support Borelli's Deli. Let's pull this up. This is our sandwich of the day for tomorrow. You guys are the only ones to get the exclusive on this. They won't post this on Facebook until tomorrow morning when they open. This is the chicken cutlet. It is topped with uh, broccoli rabe. I don't know what rabe is, if I'm even saying it right, because um, I'm not a chef. But it's broccoli rabe. It looks like, like little broccoli pieces. Uh, roasted red peppers, fresh mozzarella. I know I look at the mozzarella on that. I don't know if I you know. can zoom in, but just the mozzarella on that alone. Oh, makes, they can see it. Yeah, it makes me want to go get that tomorrow morning. So if I have my car tomorrow morning, and maybe on my way to see uh, Bobby Sheehan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop by Borelli's and get go. that because that looks really, really good. Uh, we want to thank Borelli's. Uh, I know that they're, uh, they're closing stacks this week. I was very sad because we hadn't had a chance to get to stacks. We had a group of people going to go. I know. And we never got a chance to do that. But we are going to send them to Part 28. Because yes. somebody posted on Facebook um, the day after, day after I got out of the hospital a picture of pepperoni pizza. Now, most people who know me know I don't, I'm not a pizza guy. Like if it's the only thing there and I'm at an event and I'm hungry, I'll have a slice of pizza. But I can't remember the last time I bought like a, a delivery pizza or went somewhere and like actively ordered a pizza. Right. Pizza is just not my thing. Being a bachelor, I've been eat, I've had so much pizza in my lifetime, and I'd be happy if I never had another pizza again. However, somebody posted on Facebook a picture of a pepperoni pizza from Par Twenty Eight. Um, it's Coco Rays, I guess, not Coco Rays, but Rays mm-hmm. uh, over there, and um, it was well done. I like my pizza well done, and I usually like it with anchovy. But if I'm going to have a pizza, but I saw this and I said to the person that was in my office at the time. I said, you know what? Are you hungry? And he said, yeah. I said, I'll give you the money if you run up to Pa 28 and get a pizza, but I want it exactly like that picture. Show them the picture. Put it up on your phone. Just tell them I want, ex- I want that exact pizza. It was so freaking good that I thought, oh, my God. Like, here's another thing. It's like the lamb chops at Sevmar. Here's another thing that I never thought I'd like, right? I'm not a pizza guy. And then I see the picture of it, and, and we got it one, and it was just freaking delicious. So thanks to everybody over at Pa 28 and Ray's. Uh, I also want to thank Tomo and Shaken Seafood. You want to try the kamikaze if you go to Tomo. Um, if you go to Shaken Seafood, you, really your best bet is is the shrimp. Um, the lot the um, the scallops are a little small for my taste, but the shrimp is pretty good. I want to thank Clear Path for Veterans New England, the Doug McCurio Law Office. I owe you a phone call, my friend. I will do that today. Uh, AFC Urgent Care. Had a nice lunch yesterday with Zaka, one of the owners over there, a nice guy. Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. I noticed he kept throwing that in contractors when he was on here. It was Pleasant Valley Contractors. Um, so I, I apologize for not saying contractors, but it's uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors, uh, Pot 20. And a free shout-out to our good buddies at JG's Ice Cream because we just love oh, yeah. those guys so much. And uh, someday I'll tell you a story about um, how they – how they saved my, my, my physical condition when I was in rehab. I was really, I'll, I'll tell it now since we have time. Yeah. So I was, I was really um, constipated when I was in the hospital because of the drugs that they had me on. Right. And so they're giving me like prune juice and everything else. And I can't really, I'm not supposed to eat, I'm not supposed to have cream. Cream goes right through me. It, it's, it's, it's like a lactose intolerance, but it's not exactly lactose intolerant. And they're giving me prune juice and they're giving me laxatives and there's nothing's working and I'm in a lot of pain. And I'm like, can you guys at least give me some drugs so I'm not in pain until this gets resolved? And just as I said that, my friend Joe comes walking in with a strawberry frap from JG's. And he handed it to me. And within 10 minutes, I was perfectly fine. There you go. So now I'm doing like 
two or three times a week, I have now have a friend that's running to JG's for me to get me a, to get me a strawberry frap. Okay. Probably oversharing here, but that's okay. All right, so we get <laughs> we get so we get our sponsors thanked. Um, we'll, let's see, we got fifteen minutes left here. I told you this was going to be a hodgepodge day. Yeah. So in let me see, let me make sure I get all these other stuff done first. Oh, uh, Tina Conway. So Tina Conway is the chief of staff for Lawrence uh, for Methuen Mayor Neil Perry, um, the guy who ran. And I hate to, you know, I hate to throw punches right out of the gate, right? But the guy who ran saying that the friends and family plan in Methuen are over. He ran against Jen Kinnan saying no more nepotism in Methuen. I give you my word I'm not going to be hiring friends and family. Not friends and family of myself. Not friends and family of other counselors. Not, not, not my friends. And all he really has done since he's been elected. I should say all he's, been done, all he's done because he has done some good things. But he certainly has since he's become mayor. Uh, hired an awful lot of family members and friends of city councilors, people in his office, his own nurse, uh, Jim McCarty's brother, who's not qualified to be an epidemiologist, but they made him an epidemiologist anyway. And now Tina Conway, his chief of staff, has gotten her son a job working for DPW. Got a couple of calls last night from people saying, Tom, if you're going to talk about this on your show, you know, you're going to end up with egg on your face because he's only a temporary summer worker. I don't really give two shits if he's a temporary summer worker. This is the mayor that said he wasn't going to hire friends and family. And he's hired friends and family for the last two years. His first two years were great. His first two years were great. And for the last two years, all he has done is appease the insiders. And he has become everything that he campaigned against. And at this point, I have to look back and say, maybe we would have been better off with Jen Canan. And I know everybody's going to be shaking their head going, wait, did he just say that? Yeah, I just said that. Because if you're going to get the friends and family plan anyway, at least we had somebody that we could trust to do the right thing on the other issues. And we're not, it doesn't seem like we're really getting that. Now, again, I, I hate to throw punches right out of the gate because we had a little love fest going on when I was in the hospital and Neil was calling my family and, and all that. And I do appreciate all of that. But th- this has to do with his job. And my job is to cr- criticize his job or at least give him kudos when he's right. And he has done some good things. I'm not going to say he hasn't. He has done some good things. But holy crap, the people that he's hired since he's become mayor, it's like every, it's like every, every time there's a spate of hiring, you've got to look through the list to see who everybody's related to. And whether it's the fire department, whether it's the police department, whether it's City Hall, uh, again, the epidemiologist, now it's Tina Conway's son. And I don't care if it's temporary. That's taking a job away from another kid. They probably could have wanted that job. And, you know, the fact is, if that was Gina Di Natale and the mayor had offered her son the job as a temporary whatever in DPW, Gina would have said no, because Gina has integrity. Tina Conway, not so much. So, of course, she's there for herself. She's always been there for herself. Um, I do apologize for saying nice things about her when she first got the job. I was trying to be polite. I was trying to... I always like to give everybody a chance. Like, even if it's somebody I don't like, uh, somebody gets elected that I, you know, when, when Obama got elected, I came in here and said, didn't vote for the guy, but I'm pulling for him. I hope that he can do a good job. Maybe he can surprise me. Maybe he can prove me wrong. Um, and I always try to, like, do that when someone I don't like gets elevated somewhere. And I did that when she first got the job as chief of staff for Neil Perry. Um, but boy, I, I've certainly regretted it since because the nightmare that she's created up in that office in City Hall, I don't know anybody that likes her. Like, I've not found one person in City Hall who says, even privately, yeah, but you know what? I get along okay with her. Like, don't tell anybody, don't broadcast it, but you know, I, I get along. 
have not, have not had that at least once. Um, and while we're talking about Methuen, so let's just go through real quick. And I did have this pulled up. So here it is. There is an election coming up in Methuen. The election is in November. I think it's November. I'm going to guess it's it's November. F- no, that can't be right. And I can't I can't get this up for some reason. Oh, there it is. So maybe not. So it looks like November seventh is going to be the election in Methuen and in Lawrence. And you wouldn't know that there's somebody challenging Neil Perry for the mayor's job. Uh, but there is. His name is Matthew Wicks. He's a veteran. We're going to try and get him on the show beforehand. I would schedule a debate, but I'm pretty sure Neil wouldn't come on. If he did, I'd, I, if he wants to reach out to me and say I'm willing to do a debate, I will do the same type of debate I do for everybody else. I remove myself. I throw the topic out, let them talk about it. Uh, but he would have to reach out to me because I'm not wasting my time if he's not showing up. Otherwise, we will have Matthew Wicks here. Um, you know, something interesting did happen. And again, I hate to throw punches right out of the gate, but uh, while I was in rehab, I think it was like my first day in rehab on my last day at Lawrence General, somebody sent me a link to the Mayor's Minutes. He used to do this little podcast after he left here. And he started out the podcast admitting out loud that he was doing the podcast because people in the community were the rumors in the community whether he was not physically or psychologically capable of filling out his next term if he were to get reelected. And so he admitted that that was the reason he was doing the podcast. Now, mind you, he's doing this podcast using city resources. So it, I'm not even going to say technically he was campaigning using city resources because there's no technically about it. He was using city resources to further his campaign and admitted publicly on the show that he was using city resources to publicly campaign. That is a state violation. It certainly should be a city violation. If there's no city ordinance against that, there sure as hell should be. And so I I have filed something with the attorney general's office on that. I sent them a copy of it. I sent them a quick little transcript of what he said and I'm not looking for a fine like I am at the Havel City Council. I'm looking for a $1,000 fine on each of them. I'm not looking for a fine for Neil. What I am looking for is a letter of reprimand so that he doesn't do it again. Because he shouldn't be using, as an incumbent, he shouldn't be using city resources to campaign. Because it's not fair to the guy that's not the mayor that doesn't have access to those resources. So unless he wants to allow Matthew Wicks to do a Mayor's Minutes show and fill in for him, for the amount of time that he did that first show, which I, which to me, if the attorney general asks me on my complaint, I would say I'd, I'd be perfectly happy with that remedy rather than a fine or anything. But in the meantime, certainly uh, a letter of reprimand. And by the way, where the where the hell? I almost swore again. But where the I'm gonna I am gonna swear. Where the fuck are the city council on this? If that was Jim Jajuga, they'd be screaming bloody murder in Methuen. They'd be screaming bloody murder. If that was Steve Zaney, they'd be screaming bloody murder. If Joe Solomon pulled something like that, they'd have pitchforks and they'd have torches outside, outside City Hall demanding retribution. But Neil Perry does it and he's giving all our friends and family jobs, so I guess that makes it okay. I guess in Methuen that makes it fine. In the at-large race, you've got Dave Borgard. He is a incumbent. You've got Nick DiZaglio, also an incumbent. I think Nick probably tops the ticket there because his name's DiZaglio. And Diana's doing such a great job at the state level. I think that elevates him up, even though they don't really get along all that well. But most people don't know that, so I think that helps him. 
Then you've got our girl, Jaina Zaney Pesci, or Jaina Zaney Pesci, uh, who's running for that seat. And a newcomer, Francisco Cirillo, who is chairman of the Great Alliance Technical School Committee. And if you saw some of the woke bullshit coming out of that institution just this year alone, uh, you might want to have some questions for him. So I, if he shows up at the debate, and I'd love to have him here because I like him, um, that is going to be one of my questions to him if he shows up because he is chairman of the Great Alliance Tech School Committee, and he is kind of responsible for what's going on there. Uh, in the East End, you've got four candidates. Believe it or not, you've got four candidates. And by the way, there was no primary because it's called the Incumbent Protection Act in Methuen. They don't hold primaries unless there's like a shitload of people to run that, that need to be eliminated because they don't want anybody writing someone in in a primary and giving an, giving an incumbent a challenge. So they don't have primaries in Methuen. That's one of the things that has to actually change. Uh, in the East End, you've got Nellie Soto, who is uh, an independent businesswoman. I believe she's a lawyer. Former Methuen City Council Ron Marcin, our buddy. He was here the week before I went down. Um, Will Bill Heffernant, who I'm, I've always liked, but has never really liked me all that much. But he is a, a puppet for Steve Saber. So if you love Steve Saber, you should be voting for him. And Ruby Poirot, who is Francisco Polino, state rep Francisco Polino's wife. Um, I really like her a lot. Um, I was I was in his office. We have some time. I was in his office yelling at him about a month and a half ago about his position on the gun bill, uh, the new gun bill that the Massachusetts legislature is trying to get through. And I, and I said to him, how can you possibly be for this bill? In this bill has so many crazy things. Like my landlord can determine if I can have a gun on the property. So and they and, and they have to put a sign out. So the, all the all the criminals have to do is drive around a neighborhood and look for the buildings that have a sign that say "gun free building," and they'll know which buildings to break into. Like it's insane. Also, in that bill is a provision that off duty cops can't carry guns. Now I can't even tell you the statistics on how many off duty cops have have stopped crimes or apprehended criminals in the commission of a crime. And our legislature wants to do away with that too. So I was in Francisco Polino's office one day, and he was off for this bill. And I'm giving him a really hard time. I'm yelling at him. We're yelling back and forth. We're throwing popcorn because we're friends. And his wife came in and sat down. And five minutes into our fight, she said, you know, I agree with Tom. <laughs> and I said, you know what? You should run for office. And she said, funny you should ask because I am running for office. I'm running in Methuen. So she's running in the east district of Methuen. In the central district, oh, good. We look at four minutes left. In the central district, Joel Ferretra, who is an incumbent, he's got one more term left if he wins. Joyce Campagnon, our girl, we love Joyce. We got to get her on. She's, she's always great for ratings. Sharon Birchall, who's technically related to me. She's like a third cousin twice removed with some kind of marriage in between. And someone named Derek Jones, who has never reached out to me, so I have no idea who he is. Then you've got the West End District. You've got two candidates running for two jobs. And if you had a primary, and if Bethuen didn't cancel primaries, you could have had two other people do a write-in campaign in the primary, get 50 write-in votes, and there'd be four people running for two jobs on the November ballot, and you'd actually have a better choice. And the two, inco- the two people running would have to actually, I don't know, answer questions, do a debate, maybe even knock on some doors. But when you have two people running for two seats, they don't have to tell you anything. They don't have to campaign. They don't have to answer questions. They don't have to debate. They don't have to sing for their supper. And as somebody who's in this business who enjoys making politicians sing for their supper, because that's kind of my job, uh, I look at this and I say, shame on the people of Methuen. Shame on them for allowing their elected officials to not hold primaries, but shame on them even more, especially when you look at the Methuen School Committee race. 
you've got five people in the Methuen School Committee race running for six jobs. So you do have one write-in campaign, but here's the difference. A write-in in the primary, you only need 50 write-in votes to get your name on the ballot in November, and then you're equal with everyone else. If you're running a write-in campaign in a final election, you have to get more write-in votes than the next guy. So if if Ken Willett, who's a former school board member and a former city councilor, if Ken Willett gets 25 write-in votes and the next person gets 18 write-in votes, 25 people chooses on your school committee. If he gets like 100 write-in votes and the next person gets 80 write-in votes, that means 100 people are deciding who sits on your school committee. Don't the parents of Methuen give a shit? Like, don't you care about what's going on in your schools with your children? They're your children. And with all the shenanigans that have gone on in the schools over the last couple of years, nobody cares? Like, seriously? Wow. Wow. So I had a couple of other things I wanted to get to, but it looks like we're at the end of the show. Let's see, maybe I could do a quick hit on some of them. Uh, we'll talk about the Methuen election next week. Uh, Methuen Day, I want to remind you, is uh, Saturday this week. What, what else do we have? So I never got to the political theater in, in, uh, in Washington, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, let's see. And you're going to be at Methuen Day, right? You're going to be doing Bella's yeah, at 1130? No, at 11.50. 11.50. Yeah, right, we'll yeah, so Methuen Day actually goes from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., so they're shutting down a couple of the streets. There's going to be stalls and vendors and food and all good stuff down there. Um, yeah, and uh, there's a stage, and the Bellas are performing from 11.50 to 12.35. So we'll be nice. there for 45 minutes to give you guys some uh, good music. So come on down so and I might say actually, hi. Maybe, maybe I'll have somebody give me a ride to that if there my car is Bobby Sheehan's. So uh, if you are if you are a, a write-in candidate, I know that Ken Willett is a write-in candidate for school committee. I, know, I also know that there's another candidate because I saw something on Facebook, but they've not reached out to me. Please reach out to me. I'll try and get you on the show if I can. I'll at least certainly talk about you on the show. We'll get you into next Tuesday's paper. If you want to advertise in the Valley Patriot, uh, I would need your advertisement by this weekend. We print on Monday night. I guess you can roll up Mel 28 seconds early. How about Whoa, that? No way. How about that? I spent a lot of time watching CNN when I was in the hospital. Oh, how was that? You know, it's it just, you come to the conclusion after a while, especially with the Hunter Biden hearings, then they went after Senator Menendez for a bribery, and then there was a January 6th uh, uh, fallout hearings and the, the McCarthy hearings, and you watch all this stuff and you just realize that if, if, the, if the people involved were reversed, like the Hunter Biden thing, if that was Barron Trump, every Republican would be making excuses for him. And every Democrat would be outraged. But because it's Hunter Biden, the Democrats are all making excuses for him. And the Republicans are all faking outrage. Hmm. And after a while, you just sit there and go, they're all a bunch of fucking phonies, all of them. Because if you just reverse the people involved, everyone swaps sides. It right. takes the exact opposite argument. It's political theater. So, like, I don't even know why we watch these things. Because everything is scripted. Everybody knows what everyone's going to say. And nothing changes the outcome. I want to thank Dave Idkinsoy for filling in. I want to thank all of our sponsors. I want to thank Chrissy for filling in, uh, for helping him fill in. And it sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.